What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Everything Vibe. Happy Monday. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. Lots of crazy stuff happening this weekend. But first, let me introduce Ronnie, who's here with me. Ronnie, how you doing, man? I am doing great. How are you? Man, I, I've just so much cool stuff, dude, from the weekend. CES, like, I'm so excited to talk about all the new stuff that we got for today. No, honestly, I'm the same way. It's kind of overwhelming, actually. All of the new stuff, like, I don't know. There's so many cool things to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, we'll we'll stop nerding out over this stuff. Or actually, no, we'll start nerding out over this stuff. <laughs> um, I, I figured we just break this down. I, I guess piece by piece, literally piece by piece of of what HTC announced at CES, which was over this past weekend. And um, we're, we will keep this very Vive focused today and Vive centric, just because I mean, there's already so much going on there. But um, yeah, how about how about we start with the head strap? So HTC announced, among other things, that they have a new head strap. And so the head strap is more customizable. It has a, a customizable dial for quick adjustment, uh, a feature which I think will be well-received by a lot of people is the built-in adjustable headphones. Yeah. And uh, I, so to be honest... When I would see the comparisons between the Rift and the Vive, and people would list the Rift uh, having a positive over the Vive because it had built-in headphones, I I didn't necessarily take that as a positive. Just because I maybe maybe it's like the audio file in me. I'm I'm a little bit more particular with the type of headphones I like to use, mm-hmm. um, and I just kind of like the options of of not having the headphones, you know, especially for mm-hmm. like a party environments, you know, you don't get too, too lost in there. You can't hear what's going on around. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess over time and, you know, now that I, you, you know, whenever I use it for more personal stuff and I want to have the headphones, I can see where that's coming from. And I, I think that even now in these last couple of months, I, it's a welcome change for me as well, or at least I wouldn't mind that. But what are your thoughts? Uh, so my thoughts, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. Um, having, having headphones are, are in a way like, you know, really nice. I could see how if I was just, you know, trying to just stick the headset on real quick and go that there are advantages to having them built in. So they just swivel down, you don't have to worry about extra cables and such. Um, at the same time, I don't necessarily, what I'm most excited about this isn't, isn't necessarily the headphone part though. That is a cool feature. I'm excited just because it looks like they're taking notes from uh, from from the other headsets out there and really making the Vive the premier headset that it that it deserves to be. Um, it looks like a lot of the design cues. I mean, early on, really the only things that you would hear people say about the Oculus being a somewhat better headset was, you know, the comfort level. Yeah, ergonomics, and, right? And then, yeah, and then even after that. Both had both the Vive and the Oculus seemed like they were beat out by the PlayStation VR uh, headset, just in terms of how it mm. felt on the head. Not so much, you know, the quality of, of of the lenses or anything like that, but just the sense that apparently the kind of ratchet system and the and the way it kind of gripped onto your onto your head and face felt right. And it looks like this this new you know premium head strap kind of takes cues a little bit from the Oculus and a little bit from the PlayStation uh, VR headset in the way it it lets you kind of tighten it down and the way it it looks like it probably wraps onto the back of your head. So I'd be I mean 
I'd really want to see what people's reactions to it are a little bit more before making a purchase, especially I would imagine it's going to be kind of pricey considering it has headphones built in and they're probably not going to be, you know, they're probably not going to be the highest end headphones, but they're probably not going to be super cheap either. So we'll have to wait and see what the price is, but I'm definitely interested because I think this gives me, you know, again, just one less reason to look for other potential headsets, you know, down the line. I mean, Vive has the superior tracking system. It has, you know, great room scale capabilities. And now if, if this new headset strap is going to make the headset um, even more comfortable than the other options out there, then that's just, you know, one extra awesome thing. A couple this with, I actually saw that it looks like the TP cast, you know, wireless system that's going to be coming out. It's compatible with the new straps as well. So mm-hmm. I could only imagine, you know, is it, it, it almost makes me, it, it almost makes me, um, uh, a little net less nervous about, you know, upgraded five, uh, systems coming out in the future because it does look like they're taking more of a, a modular approach to upgrading the headset. So, if you're people like us that early adopted already has a headset, um, rather than worrying about having there being a Vive 2 that you have to fully upgrade your system to, they're taking a more modular approach and you know your lighthouses will still work, your controllers will still work, your headset will still work, and you can literally just take pieces off and upgrade based on what you care about and what you want and what makes the experience better for you. And and I think that's 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 potentially a really good approach. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And we'll uh, we'll table the TP casting for a little bit later, just so we can <laughs> keep some type of uh, organized way that we go about yeah, all this yeah, yeah. All this stuff. But ju- just going back to the this the head strap um, and what you were talking about in terms of it being you know one of the initial weaknesses or one of the initial low points for people when the, comparing it to the other first gen headsets for. Uh, Oculus and for um, the PSVR, you know, it, it is good to see them taking into account, you know, what the audience, what the general public is saying in terms of, you know, what what I guess some of the flaws were, or at least some of the weaknesses were, and trying to turn those into strengths. So, you know, in terms of what you're talking about, being able to upgrade on a piece by piece, uh, I guess, perspective or piece by piece way. Um, I think that's definitely going to help in terms of not, you know, we, we were really worried about Vive 2 being announced a little bit too early. And I think that was probably a little uh, irrational for us to think that way. But mm-hmm. you know, just with all the rumors and stuff out there, I think this makes a lot more sense. And I, I think it is a perfect way for early adopters to be able to navigate the updates and everything that comes out and be able to say like, oh, you know, this is what's important to me or uh, I'd rather spend the money on games or experiences or X, Y, or Z. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do. So yeah, I, th- this definitely leaves a lot of flexibility is a word that I'm looking for uh, in terms of how you upgrade your system and how you stay current with with what Vive and I guess VR in general will be offering in the future. Yeah, I mean, this makes me hopeful that, I mean, obviously uh, not taking into account new types of technology that'll arise. I mean, it's very possible that a higher re- resolution version of the the headset itself will come out at some point, and rather than having to buy another eight hundred dollar kit or whatever, we could literally be just you know swapping out just that one piece, just the just the headset itself, and 
and and using the controllers, the the the, the stations, the even you know the head strap potentially, and just and and it'll you know be a, a much cheaper way. So I mean, you never know how yeah. they're gonna move forward. But I'm just saying, like, if they're moving in this direction of being able to kind of piecemeal upgrade as you go, then I think that that opens up a lot of possibilities for people to not worry about, you know, spending money on this or that in the meantime. No, yeah. I, I mean, I I would say that I, I, I doubt that they would forego like major updates and like revolutionary, like or maybe revolutionary is not the word, but just having, you know, a vibe generation two. I think at some point they're going to want to, to do that. Yeah, um, have a clean cut. Just so have a clean everybody. cut. But, yeah, but, I, but I mean, yeah, I, I think it, as long as they do piecemeal stuff and make it so that it, it is a step-by-step procedure and there isn't this gigantic jump um, between A and B, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it, it, I, I just, that would just help a lot. And I think uh, I think the updates that we're hearing now, again, and this is the first, you know, this is the first year. So this is the first like major round of updates that are coming out. So hopefully this sets that type of precedent over in the next couple of years in whatever way that they, they choose to go forward. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just imagining our, you know, our versions of the Vive headsets that we have now, but let's say in, you know, six months from now, uh, we have new head straps and we're wireless. And I mean, man, it's going to feel like a like a completely different system, which <laughs> is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Cool. Well, let's let's move on to uh, the second thing that they announced here, which was the tracker, uh, nicknamed the puck because that's what it looks like. It's a little round uh, cylindrical surface, and it weighs about three ounces. And they're saying that it can be used uh, on pretty much anything or to create anything. So I, th- I saw a couple of examples for rifles, baseball bats, haptic gloves. Um, but I mean, there's already a lot of positive feedback in terms of the functionality of this and the mm-hmm. creative freedom that it's allowing developers to have. So I, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, no, I mean, again, another another cool thing. I'd be curious to see exactly how easy it's going to be to implement different types of tool. But I mean, developers have found, already found interesting ways to to implement you know new and exciting things to titles just look at richie's plank experience they were actually able to find a way to implement a real plank into the game so i mean this this is definitely going to give developers more and more uh kind of toys to play with and i mean yeah the only thing i guess you have to be careful on is if you have a a really small space kind of be careful what you're waving around but (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh, I, I mean, again, I think it just it's it comes down to like what what can't you do with this? You know what I mean? I think that'll be the more limiting yeah. factor because uh, I mean, I, I even was seeing people who were saying like you could if you if you had multiple, you could put it on your feet and then people would be able to simulate maybe some type of walking or some type of moving or, or kicking or something. And, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is like the final goalie game that you played where now you can block yeah. stuff with your feet or yeah. now if you're in, in no, a, that's a really zombie cool. game, you can kick them away, you know, like whatever. Like yeah. it's just there's so much that you could do uh, just by having. And I don't know how much these trackers will be, and I don't know how many you can have in a certain play space, but you know it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these are implemented and used in a very creative fashion. Yeah, no, I totally, and that's actually a really good example of something that, yeah, just being able to track your feet. I could imagine the punk having 
like an elastic band around it and you literally just put it around your ankle and now all of a sudden you know developers have an easier an easy way to track where where your feet are and mm-hmm. Stuff I mean, like that. I mean, yeah, we're slowly getting to the point where, like, creating avatars that move realistically will be the norm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm, sometimes, mm-hmm. I, you know, there, there's some games, and I won't name the games, but you go into some games and like it just looks really awkward when people move or when people sure. are, are kind of standing around. Um, and so, like this, this will just as as the tracking gets better, obviously, and as you have more points of of sensory, um, or I, I don't know what the the term I'm looking for here is, but as you have more points of, you know, where the sensors are, uh, you'll be able to, to get a better, uh, overall picture. Yeah, no, agreed. So very cool. Yep. Yep. Um, okay. Well, let's get on to the one I think you and I are most excited about, and that is the TP cast announcement. And, uh, they are claiming latency of as low as two milliseconds, uh, mm-hmm. one and a half hour battery life, it will be $249 US dollars when it ships and that it will be shipping in Q2 of this year. And for anyone who's not familiar, TPCast is the company working with HTC to bring a wireless solution, take away those crazy wires. And uh, I mean, we've seen already some of the videos online where people are doing backflips in this thing and it looks incredible. It looks like it just, like Ronnie was saying earlier in the, in the podcast, I mean, it's totally going to revolutionize the experience. It's just, it's crazy that in a couple of months you'll be able to walk around, not, you know, completely untethered, but uh, it's, it's real. We have a date now and it's coming. What do no, you think? That's a, I'm really excited. And, and yeah, like we were talking about earlier, I mean, I've heard such great things about, about, the TP cast already just in terms of it really does sound like it works very well. It will be, you know, yet there's, it includes a sensor that you have to mount, but it sounds like as long as you mount it over your play area, uh, you know, in a pretty like similar way to one of the base stations that, you know, it should work pretty fine. It just has to kind of see over, over the general area. And, and I mean, it not only will it eliminate, you know, eliminate the tether so that you don't have to worry about tripping over the cord, but it'll make the whole system a lot more comfortable as well, because it sounds like a lot of the weight that you feel on the headset really comes from that cord kind of tucking down at at your head a bit. So, so, you know, it's, it's going to feel more natural to be in, be in VR. I think it'll make a huge difference. So, yeah, no, I mean, it, it definitely will. I think it's, I think it's more so it getting, it, it's not like, so it bothers me, like, you know, just, just being untethered, but I don't feel like it totally breaks my immersion. Obviously it does, but like you kind of get past that. I think yeah. what's really annoying is that, you know, in, in games, especially for, you know, the vibe that is, is room scale. And you, when you turn around a lot in a game, I guess like Smashbox is a perfect example where you're, you're turning around a lot, that wire gets coiled up and all of a sudden you lose all of the slack that you have in it. And you yep. make one kind of jerk movement and the it, it pulls out or rips out of the uh, the little port there, and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, you're, then you're, then you're completely out of the game and completely out of the experience. But not yeah. only that, you usually have to restart Steam VR, have to Steam, uh, restart Steam. Sometimes I've even had to to restart my computer just to get everything kind of on the same page again. And so that to me is probably the most annoying thing. And yeah. if, if if that can be avoided, and then of course the additional benefits of not even feeling the wires, um, you know, I'm I'm all in for that. And I think that. It's it's definitely going to be a, a lot of fun. Re, um, 
it's going to be a lot of fun redoing these experiences again without that tether. Yep. No, because I, yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of, I think especially people like us that have played a lot of Vive are completely used to dealing with the cord and it's just like second nature. You don't yep. even really think too much about it. Every now and then you'll have someone new come over that just doesn't know how to deal with it. And, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you're, if you're helping, it's not as big of a deal. But like I said, I, I do think Vive owners, you know, learn to move and deal with games in a way that kind of lives with the cord. And so I kind of wonder, you know, when all of a sudden that cord's gone and you have a chance to really play all these titles again, I just wonder what types of, you know, what types of movements uh, will seem, you know, a lot easier to pull off without that wire. Because there's, there's certain types of things where I, I feel like I'm probably limiting my, my motion without really thinking about it yeah. just because I have to. No, I, I I was thinking the same exact thing because I think there's a there's that kind of subconscious element where you get used to the wire and all mm-hmm. of a sudden like you're you're moving much more carefully and to yep. you it, it's not like awkward or out of the ordinary but yeah. um, you know in, in the general s- scheme of things like it it is much more restricted uh, I'm sorry it's it is much more restricted than you know you would normally be and so it's definitely gonna I, I think it's definitely gonna make a huge difference in terms of now without the wire even being anywhere remotely close to uh, a nuisance or any type of of uh, immersion breaking factor mm. the, like I said you'll be able to experience games in a whole new way and I don't want to do anything you know I don't want to make it come, sound as as if it's coming over the top but I really do think that playing a lot of these games a second time over, especially a lot of the more action ones. Like, you know, I'm thinking like something like space pirate trainer and smash box and like, you know, like all these games, like they're going to have, they're going to be a lot of fun to play where you can literally just walk without any fear of, of pulling or tripping over the wires or things like that. Yeah. I mean, just imagine going in circles and never (laughs) having any kind of coil wrap around you. Like, like literally being able to, in a game like space pirate, uh, just be going in circles, not worrying about whether you were starting to tangle anything back, forth, back, forth, like, you know, just, you know, taking care of business. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely agree with you on that. So that covers the main three items that uh, I guess were the big, bigger announcements by HTC over Mm -hmm. the weekend. And I I know Mm -hmm. that, well, before we move on, I know that there were a couple of other, wireless solutions that we had mentioned in the past, quick VR, uh, quark VR, but I, I don't believe we've heard any announcements. And I think the only main point that I want to say is that since TP cast is working with HTC, I know one of the things that we had talked about last week was like, what's it going to be like for the first company to, you know, what's it going to be like for the company to be first to market with on these? Um, but I think more so, and I'm seeing this more so now just in the latency issues, I think their relationship or the fact that they're working directly with HTC is going to make that big impact because I mean, two milliseconds of latency is what they're boasting, uh, which is incredible compared to any of the other, you know, the other claims out there for, for those solutions. And, you know, the, the fact that they have that kind of backdoor entrance in terms of being able to get, I guess, whatever they need from HTC, if they have that type of partnership, I think is going to make, make the biggest difference overall. And that will probably give TPCast the edge in the long run, I believe. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I mean, just like I had mentioned earlier, I saw in an article 
someone from HTC specifically showing that the uh, that the TPCast is compatible with the new uh, you know the new uh, premium uh, head strap for the Vive, and and just the fact that they're even thinking that far ahead to make sure that they support the the TPCast just goes to show you that you know they are looking at it as almost like a, a first party kind of add on. They are yeah. really supporting it. So cool, cool. Okay. Well, the last thing that I got for today is, well, there's not too much info on it yet, but I just wanted to, to announce it or just talk about it here real quick because it does seem like it could be potentially a big thing, uh, and that is the subscription service that Viveport will be offering. Now, mm-hmm. again, I'll admit that I, I mainly or primarily use Steam over Viveport uh, just because mm-hmm. for, for me, I, I'm just more used to it. Um, yeah. nothing, nothing against Viveport, but it's newer, so it's uh, no. I, mean, I think just, that's typical. I think most people probably still do too. So yeah. So, but but I think it's really cool that they're going to be offering this subscription service, and it's it's not available yet. Uh, you can sign up to be notified and be one of the first people to get a, a free trial through it. So if you go to Viveport.com, they'll they'll have information on how you can sign up there. But um, yeah, to me, this is really interesting, just because we've we've seen this happen in quite a bit with. Uh, within other, you know, I guess related industries, and you know, the the big, the big example here would be something like Netflix, uh, where mm-hmm. you know you you pay a script, uh, I'm sorry, you pay a subscription service, and receive access to you know hundreds or thousands of titles. Now, mm-hmm. I, VR, I, I don't know how that would work right now with the current VR market and the current VR landscape, but mm-hmm. um, I, I can almost see this being worthwhile if if you know, if there's, if there's good content, I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what type of content on there, because no matter how much you pay per month, if there's not, not good content, it's never going to be worth it. But, um, you know, if, if the content is decent and it's worth checking out, like, I I don't know. I mean, what, what do you think? Would you, would you ever engage in something like this or or go for it? Yeah. I mean, I think it all, like you said, it depends on the content. It depends on what types of experiences are there. I'd really be interested to see kind of what their initial lineup looks like because I think that will kind of give you a little bit of info and into what they have in mind with the service. That said, though, I mean, I, I think it has a lot of potential because for the average VR consumer, I feel like there's still a lot of risk in terms of in terms of when you pay for a title, you know, whether you're going to get an experience that you ultimately are going to enjoy enough to go back to again and again versus, you know, other. So, so being able to just pay for a monthly service and then be able to try everything they have on there to offer. I think that's a really cool way to, to kind of let people try quite a bit of software and then potentially, I mean, I get, I I'm, yeah, I am wondering how it's going to work exactly. I mean, I guess, if you really like something, you could potentially purchase it outside of the Vive Viveport subscription, or even or even through Steam. If you know you ever stopped your subscription and you still wanted that game, and that would give you a way to kind of try it out while you're paying for it under the service. And I'm sure that 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 the developers will also get paid that way as well. So um, I, I think it it has some potential. I'd like to see kind of a little bit more of how it's going to actually you know, actually play out once it's, once it's live. But yeah. And my hope is that like, it'll help the economy as a whole. I'm talking just like the, the VR and specifically Vive economy, 
as a whole grow just because it'll allow people to get a taste of a lot of different things and and they'll be able to give feedback uh on titles that they normally may not have checked out if they had if they had to pay x amount of dollars to purchase it um but you know it's just like oh hey it's part of my subscription i'm free right now or i have you know some time to play the vibe let me just check this out and see what it is and maybe they really like it and they, they go on whatever forums and leave a review or you know leave some type of feedback or pass it on to the next person um or or they they dislike it and maybe provide some constructive feedback that developers can go back and um, you know improve the the experience with, which which they wouldn't have had that feedback had there been a, a price tag on just that individual title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then, no, that's a really good point. I I agree with that. So yeah, I mean, I, I think overall it'll be good. And I mean, you see just how how much Netflix has grown in, in the time that it's been around. And so if, if this can do for VR experiences, and I know it's not necessarily games, but just VR experiences in general, uh, mm-hmm. you know, if this can do what Netflix did for, for movies and entertainment in that way, I, I'm really yeah. excited to see how, how the landscape kind of grows from there. Yeah, no, and it seems inevitable in a way. Like I'm surprised there aren't more services like that out there for games already. I mean, you do see it, I guess, a little bit on the consoles, but in the in the PC space, there isn't a whole lot of this subscription-type uh, m- model going on that I'm aware of anyways. Well, you've um, been around the PC space for a while. What's, what's your yeah. initial thought of why that is or why that I, isn't, I guess? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess because Steam has really been the major catalyst for how the PC market has tended to go. And I just think that they've focused, I mean, the biggest uh, change, I guess, recently was, you know, the early access stuff. And before that, I guess, Steam Greenlight, which, I mean, it seems like a lot of the emphasis on is on, on bringing independent developers to the forefront and being able to get anyone that wants to develop a game a platform. So I feel like the emphasis has been on that rather than on, on, I guess, the, the model of bringing the content to the user. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I could be completely wrong on that, but I, it seems like that's been the focus, is finding a way to self-publish and then also trying to, you know, there have been pushes to try to monetize, you know, in, in new ways, like monetize mods and, and different, you know, badges and stuff for Valve games and all these kind of things, um, like kind of added to the added to the... To the, to the store. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, when you look at other forms of media, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have even, even with, uh, with music, you have, uh, you have Apple music, you have yeah. Spotify, you have yep. all these, like things seem to be moving more towards this subscription model. I guess another thing is that download sizes are really large. So for a lot of games, like, you know, having it once it's downloaded onto your system, I guess, like, do you really want to, I don't know, do you really want to be swapping? You can't really stream it, per se. Like, mm-hmm. you still have to download and install it. So maybe that has something to do with it. But I mean, I, I don't see why you couldn't still, on a subscription service, um, you know, be able to download and install something and have the rights to play it. And then if, you know, if you somehow, I mean, if you if your subscription is over or something, then those rights are kind of taken away and the game game won't launch i'm maybe that has something to do with piracy i'm not really sure yeah um, I, I mean i i would say that this this uh industry is way too big and way too 
way too big of a monster and a giant that it, if it was like financially feasible, I, I'm sure somebody would have found a way already. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's got to be some other underlying reasons. And maybe that's because uh, it's like certain, you, you know, you have certain games, maybe like World of Warcraft or other games where there are subscriptions within the game rather, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, like I said, I, I think that if, if there had been a way for somebody to find a way to monetize it, that's better than what, you know, Steam is technically doing right now. I feel yeah. like that, that would have been, that would have been found because, yeah, it's, it, it's, we're definitely moving towards that kind of access based economy rather than like, you know, purchase based economy. But yep. um, yeah, man, I don't know. It's really interesting, really exciting to see where all this stuff is going. No, definitely. So it's it's never been a better time to get into VR. <laughs> uh, we can say that pretty much every episode, and you know what? It'll <laughs> always be true. <laughs> cool, man. Well, that's all I got for today. You got anything else? No, that's it. So, and yeah, I mean, all of these things. There, there were tons of things that happened or were announced at CES that we didn't get to talk about fully. You know, we just hit on the major points, and it'll be interesting to see how all of these uh, product, all of these. Uh, hardware products, you know, are developed going forward. We'll continue to cover them. I'm, I can't wait to get my hands on some of these things. So, uh, yeah, just excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Ronnie was saying, there's, uh, I mean, a lot of stuff happened at CES. So this is in no way a comprehensive uh, recap of what happened there. Um, you know, we're definitely going to digest everything as it goes, but we wanted to be very specific with the Vive news for this week, just because there was a lot of exciting stuff with the puck, with the new head strap, with the TPCast announcement. So, um, you know, w- whatever ends up shaking out to be kind of at the forefront, we'll be following that for news next week. And with that, we'll go ahead and cut this episode. Uh, we are on iTunes and Stitcher uh, and YouTube, so please make sure you subscribe, like, and comment uh, accordingly. And yeah, we'd love to continue the conversation with you guys over there. So that being said, enjoy the rest of your week. Uh, we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday and take care. Bye.